At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Santa, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Charlotte Hornets. Rob Longo with you on a winning edition of the HHC. That is now four in a row as the Hornets pick up a big win in Utah, 115-107. to 107. And the reason why it's so significant is, well, it hasn't happened in quite some time. 2006 was the last time that the Hornets were able to defeat the Jazz in Utah. That was still in the Bobcats era, so it's been a long time coming, and the Hornets are able to improve to 14-41 and 41 on the season as well by picking up their fourth straight win. We'll talk about this one. We'll talk about the significance of it, as this is, of course, the first game post-All-Star break, as the Hornets have a rather interesting schedule moving forward, because it's also a game day edition of the AJHC, as Charlotte takes on Golden State out in the Bay Area on the second night of a back-to-back. And helping me out with all these topics, it's our back-to-back specialist here on the Hornets Hivecast, the one and only lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. And Sam, thank you for joining me on this edition of the HHC. Before the game yesterday, Sam Farber asked me off-air, where was I in March of 2006? Because that was the last time that the Hornets beat the Jazz in Utah. So I will go ahead and open this with the same question. Where were you in March of 2006, the last time the Hornets beat the Jazz in Utah? I was a senior in high school, about two and a half months away from graduating. That's where I was in March of 2006. Well, there you go. I think I was in middle school, if I remember correctly. So I uh, don't want to age anybody, but it's been a long time coming. And we have a pretty funny soundbite from Miles Bridges here a little bit later on. We'll let everybody uh, hear. But again, 115 to 107 win before we really dive into this one. What were your kind of your general thoughts in a win yesterday that was seemed like it was pretty resilient for the most part, all things considered? Uh, obviously, very impressive. It's you know, we've you know we brought up that this has been a place that uh, the Hornets have had trouble in years past winning because the uh, the altitude plays a big factor. It always felt like this was one where they were playing the second night of a back to back. It always seemed like Utah came in in a very tough no rest kind of situation. But uh, you had the opposite of this. You know, it's kind of a wild card a little bit going into this this game. First one out of the All Star break and. Uh, Hornets used some some really good hot shooting early to to get going. I think they were 10 of 16 from three early on, uh, which is good because they were struggling in the paint. They were struggling with the rebounding. The third quarter got away from them a little bit. Grant Williams had a couple threes there uh, at the end of the third to kind of bridge the gap just a little bit. And then uh, just had that big run there in the fourth quarter, 23 to 7 run. Got some great play from everybody, really, especially Grant Williams and Miles Bridges in that fourth quarter. They rebounded. They got the defensive stops they needed. Uh, held Utah to only 17 points. Really, really nice win. I like the way they responded there. The third quarter, again, 
wasn't fantastic, but uh, the way they were able to regroup and kind of stop the momentum from shifting Utah's way completely there at the at the start of the fourth quarter was really, really impressive. Just a very, very nice, balanced win, especially in a place that, again, has been tricky to win in. And considering the altitude and all the time off, uh, you never really know what you're going to get in this kind of circumstance. So uh, I think Hornets fans should be pretty happy with this one. Although the first game out of the post-All-Star break always feels like a little bit of a crapshoot, this one felt like this was one that the Hornets could get because of those reasons, mostly because obviously these teams are on level rest more or less. Obviously you have to travel to Utah and you have to deal with that elevation. It's something that a lot of people aren't used to, but at the same time, Hornets got there two days earlier. They were able to practice in that altitude and kind of get acclimated a little bit, and I know that it's going to be really difficult today taking on a Golden State team that was also on the first night of a back-to-back last night, but the good news is they were able to play at sea level at home right along the bay. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but this one just felt like it was all the makings for maybe the perfect storm for the Hornets to pick up this win. Got off to a pretty good start, I should say. The Hornets led this one by eight after the first quarter, up four at halftime, so Utah was able to chip away. But again, the three-point shooting that you talked about there was something that was really kind of the difference maker in this one. Charlotte was 10 of 16 from three at halftime. Utah was just three of 21, but Jazz come out in that third quarter. They went at 38 to 29. The younger guys for Utah, I know they're kind of going to a little bit of a youth movement here post all-star break. Those were the guys that kind of carried the load there, especially in that third frame. Keontae George had 10 points in that quarter. Taylor Hendricks had 12 in that quarter as well. Utah shot 56-57% from the field. They were up 38-29 to in that quarter. They ended up taking a five-point lead into the fourth. But again, give credit where credit's due, like you mentioned. Hornets 30-17 to outscoring Utah there in that fourth quarter. Held the Jazz to just 28%. From the field in that fourth frame, one and nine from three point land. Hornets were forty four percent from the field in the fourth quarter, six to sixteen beyond the arc. Charlotte shoots forty seven percent there from the three point line in the contest. The only thing, if I have to nitpick a little bit, free throw shooting was a little down, fifteen to twenty two at the stripe. Utah was twenty four to twenty seven, but. We've talked about this streak a lot here, kind of ad nauseum here through the first couple minutes of this podcast, but after the game, Sam Farber caught up with Miles Bridges, and this was a fun little exchange here about the streak after Sam mentioned that it's been a very, very long time since the Hornets picked up a win in Utah back in 2006. Here's what Miles Bridges had to say during the win after Sam asked him the question. Uh, we had to focus on defense. Y'all said I ain't beat them since 2006. Yep. Karen Linko, Darren Williams, and them. That's crazy. But uh, we had to uh, put our defense first, our, our offense last, because we knew our offense was going to come with our defense. I just love the fact that Miles started answering the question. I was like, wait a minute, that can't be right. That was way too long ago, but a little bit of a fun exchange here. I did look up the box score from that game in 2006. Andre Karolinko was a DNP in that one. That was a coach's decision. Darren Williams did play in that. I think he had about 15 or so, but again, you go back to that box score from 2006. I would test your knowledge, Sam, but the chances are you would probably get all these guys right. The starting five back then for the Hornets, or Bobcats, I should say, Gerald Wallace, Brevin Knight, Pramash Brezitz, Jermaine Jones, and Ray Felton. Those are some names from the past as well. So if you were wondering... Starting lineup last night for the Hornets, Trey Mann, Cody Martin, Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, Nick Richards. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this is not a 16-year or 16-game streak that the Hornets don't have to worry about moving forward in terms of trying to bust that streak again in Utah. Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't quiz me because I, I looked at the box score yesterday morning. I actually tweeted out the starting lineup just out of curiosity. Uh, and to make it even weirder, uh, last night in Utah, so I think this is their 50th anniversary season and uh, they've had five designated nights this season where they're celebrating one particular decade of existence. So 70s night, 80s night, 90s night. Last night was their 2000s night. 
Andre Karolinko, Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, and I think Mehmet Okor were all in the building, all of whom were on that Jazz team in 2006. And like you said, Karolinko was the only one, I think, that did not play in that game. So kind of a weird coincidence there, given the history. And, you know, also you had a bunch of guys from uh, the last time Utah lost at home to, the, to then Bobcats in the building for the next most recent time last night. So I thought that was kind of... Uh, Maybe that was maybe that's what they needed to do to just break the curse. Maybe it was bringing those old jazz guys back or something. Maybe that's something that the Hornets will have to have uh, a request in for Sunday's game against Portland because we looked it up. We were a little curious, went down a rabbit hole before we started recording this one because we were just talking about the long, lengthy streaks that the Hornets have had in terms of these Western Conference teams where they haven't won in those buildings for quite some time. Portland's on that list too. It's been a while as well, so it's been mid two thousands. So if you're really curious, you can be exact. So maybe we'll have to send a request to the Trailblazers just to make sure they have uh, some sort of honoree night there from the mid-2000s as well to reverse the curse, I guess, here for the Hornets coming up. But in the meantime, they got to take on Golden State tomorrow as well, and the Hornets win at 115-107 the last night against the Utah Jazz out in Utah, 14-41 now on the season. Fourth consecutive win for the Hornets to go back to those pre-All-Star break games where the Hornets were able to pick up some wins as well. But one other number that stands out to me in this game is something that head coach Steve Clifford talked a lot about before the game was second-chance point opportunities. Utah in the game, 15 offensive boards, 13 second-chance points. The Hornets were much more efficient in that category, though. 12 offensive boards, but 16 points off of those second-chance points opportunities. So something that ended up being a little bit of a difference in the game last night as the Hornets win it by 8 out in Utah. Still a lot to talk about on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We're going to talk about our top performers, and we got a game preview coming up for you here as it is a game-day edition of the HHC. Charlotte taking on the Golden State Warriors tonight out in the Bay Area. Late night, 10 o'clock tip on the Hornets Radio Network, Valley Sports Southeast, but we will get to that in a few moments. In the meantime, top performers coming your way right after this on the Hornet Sidecast. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. It's a winning edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Rob Longo and the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, with you on this edition of the HHC HHC. Charlotte, 115-107 to 107 winners on the road in Utah. As Miles Bridges had a game-high 26 points. Grant Williams also north of 20 with 24 off the bench. Trey Mann, 13 points. Brandon Miller had 16 points as well. Even Seth Curry chipped in 10 off the bench as well. So plenty of options for our top performers here, our gold star, whatever you want to call it here on this segment. But I will always defer to you, Mr. Pearlie. Who would you like to select as your top performer from last night's game? Yeah, I'm going to go with Miles Bridges. Like you said, team or game high, 26 points, 14 rebounds, 11th double-double of the season. I think it's the second in three games. Uh, hit four three-pointers, shot 50%. 
uh, and only had one turnover too. So I thought he was really, really uh, critical. And I think the biggest sequence, um, which he didn't exactly wasn't involved in the first half, but was at the end of the game where I think Utah had gotten Charlotte's nine point lead down to five. Markinen hit the three, uh, and it got wiped off by Colin Sexton's offensive foul. I think it was about two and a half minutes left. So, uh, would, would have been a two point Charlotte lead. Instead, it gets back to five. Miles goes down, hits a three at the other end. And that, that six point swing felt really, really momentum shifting. If, if I was on the other side rooting for the Jazz, I would have been like, that was the stretch. That was the sequence right there. Uh, I think Miles finished. I think he scored Charlotte's last seven points, uh, starting with that three-pointer. So really, really good, really efficient in the fourth quarter. Made a bunch of big shots down the stretch. Had the pull-up two there at the end, and I think also had a driving layup as well. So big-time shots there at the end for Miles. Uh, especially when it felt like Utah was starting to creep up just a little bit. So Charlotte Ball, they'll have to be on their P's and Q's here. Bridges, step back three, is good! Miles Bridges, ice in his veins, drilling into the lows, three-point shot. He's got 22 points tonight. Hornets are up by eight. I thought he was phenomenal yesterday. 10 of Miles' 26 points coming in that fourth quarter. Like you mentioned, very efficient from the field. 10 of 20. Field goal-wise, attempts 4 for 6 beyond the arc, 2 of 4 from the free-throw line, but the 14 rebounds, also very impressive. I just thought the overall effort from everybody, quite frankly, was very, very good last night, especially Miles Bridges. But for me, of course, I have to pivot in a little bit of a direction, but we're going to go with the Charlotte native for this one. It's Grant Williams. Martin dumps it off to Michich. No look to the far side. Williams, another 3. Got it again! Grant Williams, the mayor! Elect him to another term. That made it 108-99 to in favor of the Hornets with about 3.50 left to go. It forced a timeout from Utah as well. But Grant Williams, 24 points off the bench last night, 7 of 16 from the field, 6 for 11 from beyond the arc. He was also perfect at the free throw line, 4 for 4. So, again, Grant Williams is one of those guys who can do it all. I mean, he's a two-way guy. He's a guy that can play a lot of defense. He can organize the defensive end of the floor, and he can step out and hit a bunch of threes on the other end. And he certainly did that in the contest last night, and he's able to... Do a little bit of everything. I know that the assists and the rebounds weren't there last night, but it doesn't matter. If there's one thing that's going to be on with Grant Williams, it's definitely his three-point shooting here as well over the course of the last couple of games. And it's at that point now where with these newer acquisitions that the Hornets have had, there was that, I don't want to call it a honeymoon phase, but you come back into this team, you come back into this fold, and you win a game. That's great. You pick up another win, and then you win your third straight going into the All-Star break. That's fantastic. They're all home games, but now we got a little bit of a test. You're coming out of a long, lengthy break. It's not always the best circumstances, for lack of a better term, to go into for that first game. You're playing in a Utah environment that just hasn't been very kind to you. This is the beginning of three games and four nights, all on the road, all on the West Coast, a difficult swing. You got a four-game road trip staring you down in the face, and you're able to perform. You're able to come out, and it doesn't matter. You got guys that are able to be veteran players and not get rattled in situations. I thought there were times in that game last night, and I think you brought this point up in the first segment as well, is where it just felt like Utah was creeping back in. They were able to make some pretty sizable runs there throughout the course of the contest, and especially, of course, that third quarter as well, where they were able to rack up 38 points. I mean, they had a 17-5 to run in that third quarter, and they were able to really seize the momentum. And that's going to happen, especially when you have your home court advantage in a place like Salt Lake City. But that didn't rattle the Hornets. That didn't rattle Grant Williams. That didn't rattle Miles Bridges. It didn't bother these more 
veteran-laden guys now, and that's something that I thought this team was missing a little bit. And, of course, you know, P.J. Washington and Gordon Hayward, they are veteran guys. Terry Rozier was a veteran guy as well, but sometimes they weren't available, and it was a little bit of a thinner bench that had to kind of learn baptism by fire to get through those situations. So I just thought that that's something that this team has really missed over the last couple of weeks, and now they're starting to get that and starting to see that in the fold a little bit here as well. And I thought that the 24 points from Grant Williams off the bench is a great example of that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he was really key there in that 23-7 to stretch. I think he had the final eight points of that to make it 108-99. And I think I mentioned that the two threes he hit at the end of the third quarter, I think looking back, were huge at the time just to kind of get just to stop Utah a little bit from a little bit of their momentum. I know they hit a three there at the end of the third quarter, uh, the rookie Bryce Sensenbaugh. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, this is a really good win, especially when you've got a four-game road trip all out west or mostly out west. Uh, you want to get that first one out of the way because you don't want the road trip to build up. Or you're going 0-1, 0-2, 0-3, and you start kind of worrying. I mean, you've got one under your belt. Uh, and, again, I don't think the Hornets – I thought they played well last night. I don't think it was outstanding. I think they could clean up a lot of stuff on the rebounding. I think they could clean up a lot of stuff on the defensive end. Uh, I thought the turnovers were pretty good. They forced turnovers. Um, I think overall that that was encouraging in the sense of they didn't play a perfect game. They overcome some, some troubles there in the third quarter. They put themselves in position to win there in the fourth. They made the plays. They got the stops. They made the shots needed to do. I think Brandon Miller was made another big play there at the end, ripped away a rebound or a steal from John Collins um, in the closing minutes. It felt like everyone kind of contributed with something there. So uh, that, I think, was the most encouraging thing is you've got a veteran team that, like you said, didn't get rattled when things started to shift a little bit. They stuck with it, put themselves in position to win, and that's exactly what they did. Hornets winners last night, 115-107. to 107. Don't have a lot of time to savor this one because they are on the road once again tonight, taking on the Golden State Warriors, as the Warriors will also be on the second night of a back-to-back here coming up, and we will have your game preview here in just a moment, right after this on a Hornets Hivecast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Just putting our defense first again. You know, they're a great offensive team. They got two of the best shooters to ever play the game. Uh, so we got to come in ready. You know, Kaminga's been playing really good for them. So he's got to come in ready to play defense. That's Miles Bridges chopping it up with Sam Farber after the win last night for the Hornets 115-107 to against the Utah Jazz as the Hornets will take on the Golden State Warriors tonight here on the second night of a back-to-back. Rob Longo and Sam Perley here with your final segment of this edition of the Hornets Hivecast as we get you ready for this showdown between these two squads as we have a little bit of a primer before we get into our game preview. Warriors 28-26 and 26 now on the campaign after their win last night, 128-110 to 110 at home against the L.A. Lakers. Steph Curry has 32 points in that one, 8 assists, now surpasses 6,000 career assists in that contest. 
Uh, Zandra Wiggins had 20 points. Jonathan Kamunga, 12 points as well. Brandon Pajemski, their rookie, had 10 points in a starting role. So a little bit of a mixed bag there for the Warriors. And, of course, we will go ahead and get into our game preview as well. We need a stat to watch for these two teams. We need a Hornet to watch and a Warrior player to watch. And I will always defer to the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, on where he would like to begin on this endeavor. I will go with a Hornet to watch, and I will kind of follow up a little bit more on Grant Williams, um, who, again, if I had to pick two uh, gold stars last night, he would have been my other one along with Miles. I thought he was really, really good. You know, the three-point shooting, particularly the scoring, I mean, he's been absolutely sensational with arriving in Charlotte. I think, you know, looking back maybe, and this would be something you'd have to get a little bit of a bigger sample size, but maybe Dallas just wasn't a good fit for him. And I think he has found such a perfect role here in Charlotte. He's exactly what they've needed with the floor spacing, with the defense, with the physicality, with the rebounding, uh, the IQ, the toughness. I mean, he he provides in so many different areas. Last night, just having him to kind of come in and, and really, really give that bench unit spark offensively and make some of the plays they need, especially defensively too there in the stretch. So he's going to be my guy to watch. Uh, hopefully get the three-point shooting, can continue. He had six threes last night. Uh, and hopefully can and bring down a few more rebounds. He made kind of a funny joke in the post-game interview uh, on Bally's that he didn't have a single rebound last night, but thankfully Miles kind of had 14, so it evened out a little bit. But uh, hopefully Grant Williams can keep it going. He's going to be my guy to watch. And uh, 15 points now in all four Charlotte games. That is a career high for 15 point games uh, in a row off the bench for Williams. So hopefully he can make it five again tonight. Let's see if he can keep it rolling as the Hornets will look to pick up a fifth consecutive win would be a 15 and 41 record if they are able to do so out in Golden State. For me, I'm going to look at Brandon Miller. I thought he played okay in the game last night. Kind of tough to judge. Again, rookie, everybody is entitled to a little bit of an off night. He had 16 points in a game, five assists, three rebounds, four steals. So he did a little bit of everything, but he was just six of 16 shooting from the field. Three and nine beyond the arc. There was a couple of times where I thought there was some, I don't want to say the shot selection was bad, but it just felt like he was a little bit off in the game. So I wasn't really sure if that was the best decision, especially considering the way that everybody else was playing, especially guys like Miles Bridges and Trey Mann had a couple of good buckets in there. Grant Williams had a lot of minutes out there as well with those guys together out there on the floor. I mean, the closing five in the game last night was Vasilya Micic, Cody Martin, Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, and Grant Williams. They went small to close out the game at the end of the contest last night. So Brandon Miller, for me, I just like to see him have a little bit of a bounce-back game. Obviously, as a rookie, you're coming back from a very, very lengthy break that you're not really, I guess, used to. I know that those college games and those schedules are a little bit more sporadic, but it's at least consistent. So you didn't just have a week or eight days off, and now you're all of a sudden you're trying to get back into the swing of things. So looking for him to have a big bounce-back game against a very, very hot shooting team in the Golden State Warriors tonight. That leaves us with a Warriors player to watch and a statistic to watch. Where would you like to go next, Sam? My Warriors player to watch is going to be Draymond Green. Uh, The the Warriors have started playing him at center now. Lately, they've moved Kayvon Looney to the bench. Obviously, we all know Draymond missed a good amount of time earlier in the season because of the suspension. He's come back. He's refound his footing a little bit. Uh, and he's really kind of helped spark this Golden State turnaround a little bit. I think they're 8-1 or something in their last nine or 7-1 in their last eight. Uh, And he's been a big reason why. You look at the stat sheet. It doesn't pop off, and it's a lot of single-digit scoring. Uh, but he's, you know, he's pulling down a lot of rebounds per game. He's assisting. The defense is good. He can switch all five positions. I mean, he's kind of, uh, and he's shooting a little bit more from the three-point range right now too. So um, he is. I think since he came back 
uh, I think it was January 15th, Golden State has gone 9-5 and five with the NBA's seventh-best defense. So he's been a big, big part of kind of their sort of reawakening midway through the season right now and kind of getting going to make another push into the postseason. So uh, kind of like the way the Hornets have been using Grant Williams. He's a guy that, you know, just does everything for Golden State. Uh, can play him at the five. He can guard one. He can space the floor a little bit now. Uh, and he just kind of gets in there and, and is really physical and does a lot of the dirty work. So a lot of stuff that doesn't get seen on the stat sheet. So uh, Draymond Green is going to be, uh, I'm sure, you know, fired up like he always is, but uh, he's going to be my Warriors player to watch tonight. It's an interesting pick. It's not one that I don't entirely hate. I'm just going to go ahead and take the easy way out, though, if you're going to leave him for me. i got to take Steph Curry. He's probably one of the greatest shooters of all time. 32 points in the game against the Lakers last night. He ended up with a game high in that sense. Also passed the ball pretty well for the most part. Eight assists. Had a couple of steals. 12 of 24 from the field. 6 of 13 beyond the arc. Only went to the free throw line twice, but again, I mean, he's one of those guys that can certainly change the game for one end or the other, and he's still doing it all this time after a very lengthy and illustrious career but it's almost like without saying why I got to pick him as my top performer or my player to watch in this contest. And you go back to last season as well. It's a little bit of an oddity in the series matchup between the Hornets and the Warriors last season. In the first game, the Hornets won in overtime. It was at Spectrum Center, 120-113. to 113. LaMelo Ball did not play in that first game. Steph Curry played in that game. He had 31 points. You go to the game a couple of months later that was out at Golden State. Hornets lost 110-105. to 105. Steph Curry did not play in that one. But LaMelo Ball played in the second one, and he had 21 points as well. So it was just a little bit of an interesting oddity in that sense. But I got to go with Steph Curry as my player to watch. I mean, one of the greatest shooters of all time from the greatest shooting family of all time. So, again, I'm sure there will be a lot made with the reunion of him and Seth going at it once again. But it'll be fun to see regardless, and we'll see if it adds any little bit added motivation or fuel to the fire there for Steph on the other side for the Warriors. But at any rate, he's got to be my player to watch, clear and concise. But uh, with that said, we need a statistic to watch as our final uh, matchup here or matchup to look at here in our game preview. So where would you like to go for that one? Mine is like a statistic, kind of like a fact, something I just found interesting. Obviously, the Hornets aren't a back-to-back, and anytime you're doing an all-road back-to-back out west, it's particularly tough. Golden State this season, like you mentioned, they played last night, uh, took down the Lakers. Uh, I believe that was a home game, if I'm not mistaken. LeBron James did not play, but um, they are 7-4 and four this season on the second night of back-to-backs. This is the seventh-best winning percentage in the NBA. Charlotte's a little bit further down on the list. They're only 2-7 and seven this year on the second night of back-to-backs. But I want to say they won their most recent one, uh, that Memphis game, uh, a couple weeks ago. I think I believe that was a back-to-back because they were in Milwaukee the night before. So just something, it's just tough. You know, it, good teams in the NBA, they win in tough situations. This will be another tough situation for the Hornets tonight going into a Warriors team that's got momentum, that's starting to kind of get cooking a little bit, um, you know, going into the All-Star break and now coming out of it. So uh, it's a team that has definitely responded in the second night of back-to-backs this season, uh, clearly with their record. So uh, hopefully the Hornets can as well. 
It's an interesting oddity, or at least an interesting nugget there. And yeah, that was the, in fact, the first game that the Hornets had. Guys like Grant Williams and Seth Curry and all those guys that they acquired at the trade deadline, that was their first game here for the Hornets, and it started off with a bang. So ever since that back-to-back, the Hornets have been rolling with four consecutive wins, but in terms of a statistic to watch specifically, I'm going to go with the second-chance points opportunities. You go back to last night's game against Utah, the Jazz were first in the association in second-chance points going into that one. They averaged almost 17 per game. The Hornets were able to limit them a little bit down to 13, but in a game that's an eight-point spread, every single point is certainly going to matter. And you go back and you look at the statistics for this one in terms of the tail of the tape between these two. Well, the Warriors are another good second-chance point opportunity team. They are third in the association. They average a little bit over 16 points per game. So that's something that I think the Hornets are going to certainly have to really keep an eye on here in this one is just limiting those second-chance points opportunities. And I know you don't get a lot of them because Steph Curry is able to drain it from anywhere on the floor, but don't give him a second chance at an open look at the bucket as well. And in that game last night for the Warriors against Lakers, they had 23 second chance points off of 15 offensive rebounds. So something to consider, something to look at. It's going to be another key factor in this one. But if the Horns were able to do it against the best team in the association last night against Utah, hopefully they were able to do it against the third best team in the association against the Golden State Warriors. Either way, it shakes out. We will have a post-game recap of this one on the Hornets Hivecast for you on tomorrow's edition of the HHC with the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, once again. So, Sam, thank you for joining me on this edition of the HHC. I will be happy to talk to you tomorrow once again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Excellent. Thank you for having me. Same time tomorrow, and hopefully a we are talking about a very similar result. Certainly would be great. So for Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying so long. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Hornet Timecast. We'll talk to you tomorrow after this one here on EHHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornet Timecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.